0: Well, it's the day before game day for the Dallas Stars, still preparing themselves for their next matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks. But on today's show, we'll be talking about Power Ranks. So we'll be talking a little bit more about Jay Gottinger and, of course, our favorite 37 year old Joe Pavelski. All of this coming up on a Thursday edition of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars. Credentialed member of the media. It is Thursday, February 17th, almost to the end of the week, almost to another game day for our Dallas Stars. They'll be matching up in Chicago against the Blackhawks, another Central Division opponent up next on the docket. But on today's show, we'll be talking about the newest updated NHL power rankings at the Locked On Podcast Network. Talk about Jake Ottinger and where he stacks up compared to some other Goaling greats within the stars organization and then we'll talk about joe pavelski and his importance to this team and whether or not he maybe will be with the stars longer than this 21-22 season but before we get into all that do want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode of locked on stars whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at. Whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform, we are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. But without any further hesitation, let's get right to it starting off with this week's newest nhl power rankings brought to you by the host over at the lockdown podcast network including yours truly we all vote on this every single week to see where we place the nhl teams at this current time kind of based off the last week of play um and right off the bat if you're watching on youtube of course you can see it up on the screen if you're listening on the audio version you can go find it on twitter uh, at Locked On Podcast Network's Twitter account, just at Locked On Podcasts. Uh, you can find it there as well. And I believe I retweeted it uh, on both my personal account and the Locked On Stars account. But as you'll see, the Dallas Stars find themselves at 15th on the list, which is pretty good given what they've been up to as of late out of the All Star break. Uh, and more importantly, they're above a lot of teams that they're in contention for in the playoff race, which, at least for me, uh, that's comforting knowing that other Locked On Podcast hosts. Think that the stars maybe have the upper hand on teams like Anaheim, Edmonton, and even LA because this Western Conference truly is a race up and down. And you know, we, we've been saying for the past several weeks, the East is all but locked up as far as who's making the postseason, just a matter of where. In the West, not so much, there's still several teams in the fight for this, you know, these two coveted wildcard spots, and even in the Pacific Division. You know a fight for who's going to be the top three vegas kind of separating themselves from the rest of the pack right now calgary having a really nice stretch they're all the way up at number nine this week uh looks like they are finally kind of reaching their potential and of course trading for to earlier this week uh certainly a big move from them getting him from the montreal canadians who find themselves at the bottom of course we'll talk about the canadians in just a second potentially looking to sell more pieces but still really good to see the stars against above, excuse me, teams like L.A., Anaheim, and Edmonton. So I, I think, you know, those are going to be teams that they're going to be in contention with the rest of this season for these playoff positions. And, you know, I feel like a best-case scenario, the Stars get the top card spot, but at the very least, even if they get the second, they're going to be racing against those teams. So encouraging to see them above them in the eyes of others and myself, uh, despite them being one point behind the teams I just named in L.A., Anaheim, And, of course, Edmonton with them having 55 points and the Stars having 54 at the time of recording this. And the Stars' next five games are against Chicago, at Chicago, at Arizona, at home against Winnipeg, at Nashville, and versus Buffalo. So over that next stretch of five games, only one team is above the Stars on the power rankings, and that is uh, the struggling Nashville Predators. The Predators coming out of the All-Star break a little bit cold right now. I think that they're still a good team. They're still going to be in the playoffs, probably in the top three in this division, at the very least in that top wild card spot out west. But still, uh, a good sign for the Stars coming up that a lot of their opponents, at least over the next five games, are a little bit on the weaker end of the spectrum. And they'll, yeah, like I said, of course, see Winnipeg again and Nashville, who they've already seen out of the All-Star break. But they've seen all these teams so far this season and beaten them. All at least once so kind of moving on to the rest of the list we see the Florida Panthers stay at number one despite only having 69 points they they stay at number one by one vote we were told uh, when these power rankings came out so I, I personally voted Colorado for number one but I guess some other people still think that Florida is the superior team which maybe they are maybe aren't maybe they aren't but I do think that both of these teams deserve to be in the top two Colorado currently with 72 points at the time of recording this. They have not played the Vegas Golden Knights yet. Of course, by the time you're hearing this, that game will have wrapped up. And of course, the Panthers and Hurricanes matching up uh, on Wednesday night as well. So 69 points. The Panthers could have uh, 71 by the end of this, or they could have 70 if it ends in an overtime loss for them. Still the two best teams in the league. No question. Tampa Bay, the top five in general, makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, That's pretty much how I had my top five shaping out outside of the avalanche being at number one and the Panthers being at number two. Like I said, Predators have stumbled, dropping out of the top ten. Vegas kind of stumbled as well, uh, only dropping one spot, but you know, separating themselves from Colorado kind of in a bad way. Uh, you know, These are the two best teams in the Western Conference. Colorado now is clearly, at this moment, the best team out west, and I think the best team in the league, uh, which, I mean, it just changes night and day with the Florida Panthers. But, I mean, uh, two teams, like we say all the time, that are on a collision course for the Stanley Cup Finals. And, of course, you have the teams at the bottom. You know, we're talking about all these good teams. I think the left side of the screen and even the top of the right side of the screen makes a ton of sense and uh, who you see up until about number 18 on the list and then everyone else. Uh, maybe the Winnipeg Jets are on the threshold there, but everyone else it's seemingly at this point is on the outside looking into the playoffs, barring some drastic changes, either from the teams up high or some of these teams down low, like maybe San Jose or Vancouver. They mess around and find themselves a little bit closer to the playoff picture. And even The Canucks, not too far out of it, only four points behind the Dallas Stars. But even going further down the list, uh, you kind of see some of the teams that are emerging as teams vying for some top draft picks in the summer, teams that are probably looking to sell at the trade deadline. Teams like Montreal, I recently saw an article saying uh, Ben Sherratt and Jeff Petrie, Carey Price, all of those guys we all know – myself and you guys following the nhl that these guys are probably not going to be on the canadians by the end of the trade deadline montreal of course looking to rebuild and continue to look towards brighter days uh, apparently arizona we see at number 31 phil kessel has been the center of all the trade talks coming out of arizona it seems very likely that he will be moved to a contender sometime uh seattle which is an interesting team being the expansion team a lot of these you know, the the players on this team thinking that this is their new home for their foreseeable future. But we could see some departures from some pretty big names, including their captain, Mike Giordano, Giordano excuse me, uh, and, of course, their goalie, Philip Grubauer. I've seen both of those guys' names thrown around quite a bit through trade talks. I saw uh, Giordano's name actually pop up on a lot of Calgary rumors, but now with the signing of um to follow, I don't know how likely that is, but of course he could pop up on some other teams' rosters as well. Or if Calgary wanted to be like Vegas and circumvent the cap a little bit and move some guys to long-term IR, uh, I guess really nothing is stopping them. And then of course, at 29, we see the Philadelphia Flyers Claude Giroux, probably the hottest name on the trade block so far, up leading into this trade deadline period. All-star MVP, uh, if that carries any weight, which it really doesn't, but still having a fine season is the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, the captain of the team as of now. But I think it's very likely that we see him get moved to Colorado or a team of a similar caliber looking to compete for a Stanley Cup. And all of these guys, I mean, most of them, if not all of them, will likely be rentals for wherever they end up. And then they'll maybe resign with their team that they win a cup with. Not likely. Or they will move on and go somewhere else. So that's kind of how the power rankings are shaping up. The Western Conference is going to be so fun to watch, especially being in the star's position. Uh, I know my stress and anxiety levels will be going up by a game to game basis, as I'm sure is the case for many of you as well. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full swing with both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to the Olympic coverage and information that you need. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Jumping back into today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. Your host here, Dane Lewis at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter and the show on Twitter at Locked on Stars. Be sure to give us a follow at both of those spots. Thank you guys again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Like I say every day, thank you guys so much for listening. It's now time to continue to talk about Jake Ottinger. Obviously, on Tuesday night, Ottinger had arguably his best game of his young career. He's now 50 games into his NHL career, obviously starting as a rookie last season with the Stars, starting out this year at the AHL level, but due to um, I'll get, yeah, i call it unfortunate circumstances with the early retirement of Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin not playing like he has been the past several seasons. He now has emerged as a consistent piece on this team at the NHL level and is now making an argument to be the number one guy this season and very clearly for the long-term future of this organization, Ottinger, drafted back in 2017 along with Dennis Garianoff, uh, guys like that, re- Jason Robertson, a really stacked 2017 draft class jacob peterson in that class as well Uh, just another guy that's developed very nicely and of course had this nice game had a lot of nice games the good has very much outweighed the bad with jake ottinger so far this season but it's made me think where does he stack up uh through the first 50 games along with some other dallas stars goalie greats maybe not guys that have been stars their whole careers but guys who have worn the victory green and played goalie throughout some time in their career in the NHL. Let's take a look at Jake Ottinger's stats through the first 50 games of his career. He has a 25-13-7 record, 109 goals against, a 2.41 goals against average, 1,148 saves, a 913 save percentage, and one shutout. That shutout, of course, coming last season. The Stars, in general, still yet to record a shutout so far in the 21-22 season. Maybe it's coming one day. I keep saying it will, almost guaranteeing it, but it still hasn't happened yet. But there is still a lot of hockey left to be played. There's three guys I kind of want to run his numbers by uh, just to kind of drive by and compare and see what his numbers look like compared to some other Dallas stars. Great, starting with, of course, the most recent great, Ben Bishop, drafted 85th overall by the St. Louis Blues back in 2005. Through 50 games, Ben Bishop posted a 23-17-4 and record, 115 goals allowed. Uh, 2.54 goals against average, 1,249 saves, a .916 save percentage, and, of course, three shutouts. Now, this is probably the most similar numbers that we'll see You know, to Jake Ottinger compared to the other two guys on the list, one of them a little bit worse, one of them maybe not even maybe one of them definitely a little bit better to start out his career. But Ben Bishop, who obviously went on to be a Vesna finalist several several times to participate in the Stanley Cup finals a handful of times with the Lightning and the Stars, respectively. Obviously, turned out to be a great career for him and and pretty good numbers, similar numbers to Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger's numbers just a little bit better, which, if anything, is pretty encouraging outside of shutouts and save percentage. But even those are very, very close. Only, you know, 9.16 for Bishop, 9.13 for Ottinger. But Ottinger has a better goals against average, goals against in general, and an overall better record, which I know there's people out there that say, you know, wins and losses don't matter as goalie stats. I don't think they're mostly the important stat, but I do think that wins are a fun goalie stat at the very least or a good goalie stat Uh, because if you're winning hockey games as a goalie that means you're at least doing your part uh, and helping keep the puck out of the net not the most important stat for a goalie but i I do think one that is worth keeping track of the second goalie that i want to compare to jake Cottinger is marty turco drafted 124th overall by the dallas stars um his record through the first 50 games of his career 26 11 and 1 and that one actually a tie uh, back whenever he made his debut in the NHL, the NHL was still having their games end in ties after the overtime period without shootouts. So uh, this Marty Turco, and, of course, the next guy, I'll be talking about the end record of the the end number of their record will be ties and not overtime losses. eighty two goals allowed two point zero two goals against average nine hundred and fifty nine saves, a nine two one save percentage and five shutouts. Marty Turco, the best numbers of any guy on this list that I'll be reading, He had a fantastic start to his career, did not rack up the accolades quite like Bishop, which Bishop, not that many accolades, but at least being in contention uh, for the Stanley Cup for the Vesna Trophy a few times. And the last guy I'll talk about did rack up some awards, uh, some hardware all around and had probably the best career of anyone on this list so far. But Jake Ottinger, a little bit behind Marty Turco, but Marty Turco was a fan favorite here for years, had a really strong start and was a consistent piece between the pipes for the Stars for pretty much the majority of the early to late 2000s, when then, of course, Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin comes rolling along. But Marty Turco, uh, a late draft pick by the Dallas Stars, got off to a pretty hot start in his career, pretty similar to Jake Ottinger, if not a little bit better. And then the last guy I want to talk about, probably the most interesting through 50 games, is Ed Belfer, undrafted, actually, signed with the Chicago Blackhawks, making his NHL debut back all the way in 1988. Uh, his record through 50 games: 22-19 in four, four ties, not four overtime losses. One hundred and twenty-five goals allowed, two-nine-zero goals against average, eleven hundred saves, a point-eight-nine-eight save percentage, and one shutout. Uh, this is by far the worst numbers that we see of anyone on this list. Certainly worse than any of Ottinger's numbers. Uh, I guess he, yeah, I mean he made almost the same amount of saves, just a little bit less, but still allowed quite a few goals through the first 50 games of his career more than anybody else on this list that I read, but probably, not even probably, had the best career out of anyone that I read. He went on to win two Vesna trophies and three William M. Jennings trophies for the best uh, trophy, or excuse me, for the best goalie duo that trophy has given out. He won it with Chicago twice and won it, of course, with the Dallas Stars in the 98-99 season when they won the cup with his partner in crime, Roman Turek. Really, really good stuff. One, And, of course, like I said, he won the Stanley Cup as well. He was a huge piece of that Cup Finals team that the Dallas Stars put out in the 1998-1999 season. So, despite shaky numbers, he still went on to have a fantastic career later on, just outside of being with a part of the Blackhawks organization. And a lot of that success was found with the Stars. His Vesnas were one in Chicago, so he did start to get a little bit of his footing there. But he won the ultimate prize, which was the Stanley Cup in 1999 whenever he also won the william m jennings trophy with Turek, so good stuff there i think this is a good sign for ottinger all of those guys had fantastic careers in their own respect hopefully ottinger is able to be around for a long time and hopefully a part of the next team that brings the championship back to dallas bishop and Hugh Dobin almost did it back in 2020 but i think jake ottinger really does have the potential to be that guy uh, that when we look back on hopefully the next great stanley cup team for the dallas stars which is probably, you know, still a handful of years away, but we can look back and remember Jake Ottinger as being a centerpiece of that team because he seems to be becoming that now. His confidence is building, he said, after that game against the Avalanche on Tuesday, that that kind of game is huge for his confidence to shut down a team as dominant as them in their building. And so that can only be good for his development going forward. And of course, being under the leadership and mentorship of ben bishop of Braden holtby and even anton hudobin to some degree i'm sure he's just getting all the great tips in the world that a guy like him could possibly need And closing out today's episode of Locked on Stars, your host, Dane Lewis here at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter. Give me a follow. And of course, the show as well at Locked on Stars, closing out the show, talking about another key piece to the Stars team this season. And that is a guy that is just no stranger to attention on the show. Number 16, Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski now has four games with four plus points this season uh, at age 37. We could talk. All about his age and how he's defined time. Me and as well as many others have continued to harp on that. He's the third North Stars slash Dallas Stars player to record 20 goals, at least 20 goals at age 37. Dean Prentiss back in the 1971-1972 season with the North Stars and Mike Madano. Big shocker there, you know, Mike Modano holding a record like that back in 07-08. Joe Pavelski joining Elite Company there, continuing to defy time with his work ethic, with his ability to score goals, with his ability to continually find himself on the score sheet. He did go through a little bit of a slump, if you even want to call it that, coming out of the All-Star break. He was still playing well, just not finding the back of the net. And guys on his line, whether it was Robertson or Hints, were finding some success or just other guys on the team in general, whether that's Jacob Peterson, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, even a little bit on that uh, crazy, insane matchup with the Winnipeg Jets. But despite him being remarkable, the question in my head is, uh, do the Stars look to keep him after the season ends? I think it's fair to say that barring something drastic and insane, the Stars are likely not going to trade Joe Pavelski before the trade deadline. If anything, I think a guy like Radulov or even a guy like Klingberg, we all know this is a more likely option to be moved uh, at or before the deadline. I don't think Pavelski's going anywhere, especially given where the stars stand right now in the playoff race, which is really just one point away from being in that second wildcard spot, competing with a lot of these teams from the Pacific Division. I think that they're in a really good spot and giving away Joe Pavelski uh, would just be weird. And this team is nothing without him as of right now. Uh, They would not be able to keep pace, I don't think, with these other teams looking for these wildcard spots. So again barring anything crazy whether that's the stars absolutely falling off and just looking to move him on or an incredibly enticing trade package which it would have to be one heck of a trade package to give up pavelski in my opinion i don't think he's going anywhere so that is you know what what is barring this question pushing on this question do the stars look to bring him back after the season ends because you have to take into account his age but his contract is also expiring he's making seven million dollars this season that is 8.6 percent of the stars cap space and so I'm thinking, personally, on my side, the stars maybe could get him back on a one or two year one or two year deal. More likely, a one year deal, if possible, worth about half of that. Uh, you pay him maybe half of that seven million dollar deal, if not less. Pavelski seems like a guy that obviously wants. You know is still looking to make a little bit of money at the end of his career he's made a lot of money throughout his career because he's been playing in the nhl for what 17 years now 16 17 seasons so he's made his fair share of money and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to diva out and demand all this money especially at his age so i think the stars could at least try to negotiate that unless of course by the end of the season he wants to use his one or two years of talent left to go to a legit contender or team that either wins the cup this summer, or was on the verge of it, either making it to the cup final or maybe making it to their respective conference finals. I I can see him being enticed there, but also if the stars make the playoffs and actually make a good run, I can maybe see them try to bring him back. And then with the departure of guys like Radulov in the off season and likely Klingberg in the off season, maybe you look to add some other pieces that maybe gear the stars up for a potential run, At the stanley cup or at least put them in a good position to make the postseason and make a deep run so i think that that's a very very perplexing question uh, of what joe pavelski brings because then maybe you take that risk and you sign him to a one-year two-year deal maybe worth three four million dollars something like that but maybe it doesn't work out and maybe he finally kind of hits that wall that a lot of athletes hit when they reach this age especially in the nhl i would hate to see that happen would love to see joe pavelski to continue To play at a high level as long as he plays. And to kind of go out on his own terms. But of course we all know that's not how the world of sports works. So you guys will have to let me know what you think. If you're hearing this. Uh, Let me know on Twitter what you think about Joe Pavelski. Do you want him to come back next season? And if so, how much money do you think he's worth? How long do you think that contract needs to be? Or do you envision him going somewhere else? And if so, maybe where do you see him end up going? And if uh, maybe you think that the Stars do need to trade him. Where do you think they send him? And what do you think they could get in return? For him because personally i just think especially this season he's valuable as a player he's valuable as a scorer but as long as he's on this team his value is almost half half needs to be measured in terms of his mentorship and his teaching Uh, because that can last so much longer i mean you look at guys like jason robertson and Rupe hints talk about playing alongside him and getting to look up to him and pretty much just admire his work ethic and the way that he handles himself on the ice and i think we're going to be reaping the benefits of that as stars fans for years to come the influence that joe kavelski has had on them so the longer that influence can be passed on to them i think the better but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on stars be sure to subscribe to and follow the locked on stars podcast wherever You get your podcast at whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter. Not subscribe to me on Twitter. That's weird. You can find me on Twitter at dane double underscore lewis and the show on Twitter at Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. And I'm going to make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. That show is also free and available no matter where you get your podcast at and no matter how you listen. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for a preview of the Stars matchup with the Chicago Blackhawks. Going to be a good one in the Windy City and we'll get you ready for the game here at Locked On Stars. Have a great Thursday, Stars fans. We will see you back here tomorrow.